oh, damn. He's crying so much. He can't handle all the emotion. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 261 of Sapnin Podcast featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and oh, do we have the perfect antidote for all your in-autumn afterthoughts. Get in touch with us at Sapling Pod on uh, the <laughs> app formerly known as Twitter and Instagram. And let me know if you like Morgan doing these puns. Because surely I'm not alone in this, am I? There's at least four people who enjoy it, so I've got to keep the stick going. You know, it's just... And there's a perfect time to do this one, because it's literally the last week of autumn as well, for us to make sense. So that's... You know, All right. All right. All right. Well, our guest this week is the lovely Steph O'Sullivan. From the fantastic Grey Wind. Uh, not to offend her or anything, but I keep saying Steph is the female version of me because we both have an unhealthy oh, love for Taking Back Sunday, Jimmy Eat World, My Chemical Romance, Instagram selfies, and we both suffer from the fact that we are lifelong supporters of Manchester United Football Club. I can't believe you've put that evil on her. <laughs> Nobody in the world is like, do you know what? Do you know what I am? I'm the female version of more. Like, like nobody <laughs> wants to be the female version of Sean Smith, right? I can't believe you've said that about that. Steph, I'm so sorry for what he said. I'm sorry for the puns. It's been an awful start, I'll be honest. It's been a bad start for you, Steph. I'm sorry, but thank you for doing this, Chad. It was fucking class. Yeah, let's not hold any of that against that. I mean, if you've ever wondered what Irish emo sounds like, then Grey Wind are the perfect band for you. You might recognize Steph from a previous appearance on the podcast on episode 182, where we celebrated the legacy of Blink, along with Ben Bardo of Neck Deep and Derek from State Champs. But it's about time we finally had her on to dive into her life and the secret battles behind the scenes with Grey Wind. They released their debut album back in 2017. There was a lot of hype around it. But ever since, they've kind of been in the shadows and not being able to really go out there and tour as much as they would like. On this conversation, she's going to dive into that tenfold and tell us some really deep, dark secrets about industry battles and finally coming up from the other side of it. This last few months of seeing them 
have a fresh start with exploding on TikTok. They've become the emo king and queen there. Fred Durst has been commenting on their videos with fire emojis. And I think this conversation is just a perfect example of industry nightmares versus hardworking people finally getting good things happen to them. Up and down, very, very much up and down with emotions when you hear what Grey Wind have been through and what's happened to them. But I'm so, so glad they are fighting through and are making and creating and giving us new music because they are fucking ripping. They've got a brand new single out right now titled Antidote. They've been in America recording a bunch of new stuff. We're going to talk all about it. And their new manager, Casey, from the Wonder Years. So they're in the perfect hands now to kind of seize this opportunity and seize the day. And we are just so ecstatic. We legitly have to give her space just to talk through everything at one point because the story is so in-depth. And our reactions was just like, what the hell? I can't believe you've had to go through all this. So uh, expect a, a bumpy ride full of laughs, full of uh, emo misery and everything else in between. But before we get into the rest of this conversation, uh, just a reminder to go and follow us at Snapping Pod on Instagram and the app formerly known as Twitter. Thank you so much, Evan, who got in touch last week celebrating our fifth year anniversary of, a pod- of the podcast. Mad. It was very, very wholesome. We appreciate it so, Bonkers. so much. And um, to celebrate, we've just put out a limited edition run of merchandise for yes. one week only. Yes. If you are a skater boy, skater girl, or skater gender progressive, check out our new merchandise, our new t-shirt at Sapling Pod. It is gnarly, radical, and bodacious, as Ooh. skaters would say. They, I think they would. It's time to our Patreon for 10% off as well. And just get involved with our wonderful community at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. But without any further ado, let's get straight into it. This is the wonderful Steph O'Sullivan of Greywind on episode 261 of Sapnin Podcast. Nice one. Thank you, Steph. Sapnin! Sapnin! That was a little one. I'm used to hearing that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Joining us at this time is the lovely Steph O'Sullivan from the mighty Grey Wind. Steph, how are you? Hey, I'm great, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, oh, just okay, just okay. Not, yes. not great. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't really sleep too well. Was in and out, to oh. be honest. Oh. Yeah, so mainly that. But anyway, thank you for coming on. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> Yay! Oh, but no, Steph, so great to see you. I mean, like, obviously, we've wanted to do this for, for a while. We're always kind of um, yeah. joking around with stuff on social media. You've been on before talking about Blink-182, but it's yes. about time you come on talking about stuff going on in the world of Grey Wind and everything behind the scenes. Because it seems like you guys have just been incredibly busy lately. New single, you've been traveling a lot, you've been in LA. How's things at the moment? What's been going on? How are you feeling about everything? Everything recently has been amazing. I can't believe finally we have a new song out. I've said it to you, like you said, on social media for years. I'm like, soon, really soon. Like every band, big things are coming. <laughs> but yeah, it's been like a crazy journey. I hate that word, but it makes sense. Um, but yeah, recently things have been great. It hasn't all been great. I'll get into that later. I'll make a pop card. Like it's the, it's the whole thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, recently we're in LA. We're recording lots of new music. So there is more. We're not just going to release Ooh. that one song and then disappear again for like eight <laughs> years. <so. laughs> How was just being out in LA and getting that kind of fresh perspective on everything? Oh, it was amazing. Even we were working with um, Sam Guiana and he's done like the new Neck Deep. He's done... Um, like Silverstein and stuff. So it was so good to go into a new environment. And I love America anyway, and LA. I'm one of those people that actually likes LA. So. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. We're in the nice part. So it was, it was good. <laughs> yeah. How, lo- how long were you over there? We were there for two weeks because we were actually in Atlanta first doing a music video. And then oh, wow. we went, then we came home. And went back again to do more songs and maybe another music video in Atlanta. So we're, we've got a lot done. So I, and I don't want to be home now. I just want to go again. But it's fine. It's fine. Does your manager know how far away America is from Ireland? Like, <laughs> because I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's from America. So. Oh, no, <laughs> they, oh, no, that's exactly why. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, he just thinks... America's in the centre and then all the other countries so must just, just on the edge. Yeah, all the other countries are just <laughs> yeah. on the edge. He's never looked at a map. The Black Hat used to have an American booking agent for the UK and Europe and he may as well have been throwing darts at a map. <laughs> he just doesn't have a <laughs> Yeah, it was like uh, Glasgow on a Monday, um, Tuesday, Munich, Wednesday, <laughs> Cardiff. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great I- idea. It's like he just got a globe and just spun it. Or yeah. Where are they going today? <laughs> Let's get Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Did you go out there with songs written or did you go out there to write and get the songs yeah, recorded? We, yeah, we've had songs written. I mean, our last album was what, like six years ago, our first and so far last album. 
don't worry, there's more people I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm very aware. Um, but yeah, we had, before that album was even released, we were writing these songs, which not a lot of people know because we were going through a lot of the emotions of what these songs are about. So it, yeah, it was kind of weird releasing Afterthought. And then everyone was like, oh, no, no, this is great. And then we're like, no, wait, we have better ones. <laughs> and, and, or I want to sing about this, this stuff that's currently happening, but I can't. And then we didn't really want to talk about stuff because it was currently going on. And we didn't want, we're always very positive online. I don't, never want to come across like, oh, the music industry. And I'm like, kind of, oh, poor me. Like, oh God. Oh no, I get to play download this week. It's like, we never, you know, we never wanted to come across as like that. But now everything's great. So. And now you can come on here and moan about everything instead because it's I the know, best place I to know. be. The fucking music industry. But no, it's fine. The current, like our manager now, he's great. So he's the good part of the industry. Hmm. It's nice that those kind of connections have, have come through everything. But no, let's dive into everything. You, you said there, I mean, Afterthoughts came out about five, six years ago. And around that time, there was a lot of buzz around you guys. You were playing major festivals, you know, there a lot of great publicity. But then it seemed to just kind of halt. Seems like the band kind of went on a pause for a little bit. Felt like yeah. you guys were being a bit restricted, not being able to um, be active as much. I mean, can you just explain like the situation and, and what actually has been going on for the last five, six years behind the scenes? Yeah, so I'll start from the beginning in case anyone doesn't have a clue who the hell I am, <laughs> which most people wouldn't. So. so I'm Steph. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. I'm staying in Greywind with my brother, Paul. We're from a very small town in Killarney. I feel like I'm reading our bio. I'm not. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> we're, so we're from Ireland and we could never find other band members when we wanted to start Greywind. And we were always looking for people. We auditioned a guy, even though we had never been on a stage. We were just auditioning a guy as if we'd ordered it. And he said no, obviously. And, and then we decided one day, let's just go up to Belfast and record a demo of a song just for ourselves, not for anyone. We had no fans. Like we would just go busking on the street and we had, we did like YouTube covers and we had like, it's like 2000 subscribers. Like it wasn't a big thing. <laughs> like we recorded that song. We just put it up on YouTube, SoundCloud, all the usual things and Spotify. I don't think it even existed then. <laughs> um, and then I think it was the next day or a couple of days later, we had, all these major labels emailing us. And we were like, wait, we thought our friends were like making fun of us. Like we thought this was a joke. <laughs> but then Paul Googled them and they were real people. Like they had LinkedIn's. So we were like, okay, they're real. And then they kept kind of flooding in all these emails and then management started flooding in saying, who are you signed to? Oh my God. Oh, we love, we love your song. And they, oh, do you have more songs? And me and Paul were like, yes, <laughs> we have many. We had no old songs. <laughs> we ended up like flying off to London for meetings with managements before labels because we were like, we need to get a manager first. So we met with big management companies and stuff, and we ended up signing with a big management company and who like had all our favorite bands and stuff. So we were like, yeah, that's right, we'll go for that. And then then we met with all the labels. It was a whole thing. And me and Paul are just these two kids from Ireland. Like, what is happening? Like, oh my God, is this what Jared Wayne feels like? <laughs> like, I have no clue, like, what, what was going on. And you're kind of putting your trust into people, like, straight away. Like, this is our first band. Had never played a live show before. 
had just done a demo and then like two weeks later um, we're in London and we're talking to these people in suits and you're like okay and they're like dissecting the lyrics saying how did you write that like trying to figure out how we've done it and, I, and Paul was just like yeah I just wrote that like <laughs> we ended up then get, uh, being sent to we had like bones of songs we were sent back to Belfast to do a couple more songs because the management were like they gave us like a five month deal at the start of the management and then they sent us back up Belfast and they were like record some more songs and then they were like okay yeah here's a five-year deal so they kind of locked us in and we were like oh this is great like oh my god they really believe in us and they believe in um, our, us as songwriters and a complete whirlwind and then we were sent to Essex and we met Jason Perry and then we went to Texas and recorded a full album I was I had basically had a mental breakdown during that that was the worst time of my life I was crying every day I was having panic attacks it was horrific but it worked i always say it worked for the album because the albums sound sad it is sad so it worked for the vocals i guess so if your songs like i'm crying i am <laughs> um, no. so yeah it was really really difficult and it's like you're just thrown into it and i felt this immense pressure of okay this is representing me for life like this band is so important to me and paul and i didn't want to mess it up i'm like we hadn't played a show at that point and i'm supposed to be the lead singer of a band like i don't know how to what am I supposed to do and how do I perform this and how I wanted it to be perfect. And, and I'm so happy with how it's come out and now people love it and it's great. And, but I, I couldn't even listen to it. Even when we we're getting mixes back, I was just trusting Paul to do it because I couldn't listen to it without crying because I could just hear how upset I was and it brought back like all those emotions. But from the outside, I wouldn't say that I like online. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in Texas. Everything's great. <laughs> Because I didn't want to be ungrateful as well. I felt like a guilt of, oh my God, wait, Seth, all your dreams are coming true. You shouldn't feel like this. But I had that kind of imposter syndrome, I guess. And then we came back from Texas. And before the album was actually mixed, um, our management uh, rang us and said, oh, we need to have a a call, a, a conference call or whatever. And they said, yeah, the label is dropping the seven acts that didn't make them any money this year. So then we got dropped by the major label before the album was even mixed. And they were singing, they had been singing along to it and they were saying, Oh, it's great. And all of So we were thinking, Oh, it was just a bit of bad luck that we hadn't released anything anyway to make money for them, I guess. Um, but they gave, they were nice enough to give us the rights back. Oh. They gave us, they gave us our half, the other half of our events. Like they were very kind. Like, so they, they, that was a good, that part was good. But then I was like, Oh God, no. <laughs> That whole thing of feeling like you were like I wasn't good enough. I thought, oh god, the label hated us. They hated it, and I was kind of that kind of devil on your shoulder. It's mm. kind of saying all the bad things, and and then Paul is so opposite to me. He's so positive. He was like, no, it's fine. Everything's amazing. We have the rights, which he was he was right. Like I'm just so annoying. <laughs> so then, and then the management were like, no, it's fine. We have our own label through Universal, and we'll release it through that. Me and Paul were a bit kind of disheartened by that, but we trusted them and we were like, okay, we thought, oh, could you not shop it around again maybe or something and, hmm. you know, take our time with it. And like, we hadn't, we didn't ha- even have fans at this point. Like we had 10 fans on my mom. Like, so, <laughs> you know, this isn't good. Like this isn't going the way, you know, when everything is like amazing, but even though it was difficult, but it was still good at the same time. That doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean? <laughs> then we ended up, releasing the album we oh we did a tour we did our first ever tour and then before we 
we released we re-released the song Afterthoughts and then we did a tour around the UK with a band and then we did everything was very spaced out. I don't know, Morgan, if you ever noticed that <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> then the next show we played was just say it was like Reading and Leeds in August. So the last show we played was April and then there was a massive gap and then you're thrown into Reading and Leeds, which again, I, I'm so grateful for and it was amazing and we did, we put 110% into it like we always do. But it's a bit like, okay, why, why is every other band touring on, even on the roster I'm on? Why, why, what's, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with me? And I actually start like questioning yourself. You find out, oh no, you're, you're not cool enough. This band or this agent doesn't want you because you're not cool enough or, oh, we can't get you on this. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just a bit. You're not um, up enough. You're not. He- you're too heavy, and it's. Like, and then you're seeing every other band on the roster or in the world touring, and it's just. A- and then we're just sitting in Ireland, and we're like, wait, we thought we did something special. Like we're so proud of Afterthoughts, and then that kind of heightened my anxiety and my depression. Like I couldn't get out of bed. I was. It was horrible. But then again, online, we're like, everything's great, guys. Our album's coming out because oh, we, we all. I never wanted, kind of bands or people I always like music as an escape and life's hard enough without then a singer or a band complaining about something so so yeah then um it was our album was supposed to come out in October of that year and then me and Paul were like sending emails saying we haven't toured like we have no one to release it to like it's not this isn't good enough and then I don't know do they not like us kind of talking back like (laughs) but um, they were like okay fine we'll push the album we'll push the album um, back a bit and we'll try and get you this tour that's on so you can get a bit more fans. And then we found out that tour was in March and they wanted to release the album in January. So that made no sense. (laughs) So it was just a a lot of just back and forth of just messiness and just, and then, yeah. And people are like, Oh, can you play here? Can you play here? And I'm like, I want to play everywhere, but I can, I'm not like allowed. And so then we just were like, can we just do our own show then? If no one wants us, if, or if you just can't get a show, because I know how it works, you can't just say, oh, I want this show and you get it. Like, that's not how touring works. So we were like, let's just book our own shows. And then they were like, yeah, guys, but you're not going to sell any tickets. Like, we were, me and Paul were like, I don't care if it's just my mom and dad and my dog, like, let me just play a show. <laughs> and then, so we booked uh, London St. Pancras Church on the day our album was out, January 27th. And this was like 2017. And then we ended up selling out and we were like, yeah, see, we, we, what would have happened if we were touring all this time? Like, yeah. it, and like, that's the different country. Like we're from Ireland. So to sell out a show in London for us, that was massive. And we had like fans coming from like Czech Republic and Spain and all around the wow. place and, and Ireland. And they loved it. And people crying and getting tattoos and stuff and showing us like the logo tattooed. At our first headline show, we were just thinking, what is happening? Why can't they see that something special is happening Like in these tiny moments where we are in front of fans? I remember we played the set and then the management left to go see another band on the roster support, another band at Wembley, and they just didn't even celebrate with us. And they kind of... Oh. It, was, it was very hurtful. I remember just going back to I think we were staying at someone's house and I was just sitting there and I was like, Seth, don't cry. You're meant to be happy. I, I just felt so like alone. And even though Paul was obviously going through the exact same thing, we didn't, it was like an elephant in the room. We didn't talk about, we were like, no, we're meant to be happy. Like 
And then Paul would try and be positive. So I wouldn't start crying or be, start having a panic attack or something. So it was, it was really, it was such a weird time. We didn't play a show again until again, six months later. And we were playing rock and ring in Germany. So from the outside, it looks like, Oh my God, you're playing these massive things, but you were just thrown into them. And then we're in, and we found out actually, it was like a few weeks before we found out that well, the rock in park, it was rock and ring and then rock and park. And we found out rock and park was going to be in an arena. And we were thinking, Oh God, how no one's going to be there. And we walked out and there's people chanting Kerry. That's where we're from, County Kerry. And they're like, have Irish flags and they're like swinging their shirts. And we were thinking, what, how, again, how can they see something kind of special? Yeah. Like there's people that genuinely love us. And, and then even those moments are what kind of helped me so much seeing that fans and even when people would send us messages on Instagram and Twitter and stuff to saying how much our music has saved them and helped them through, through anxiety and depression and stuff. And they wouldn't have even known I'm currently with, I was probably a bit crying reading that and they wouldn't have known. So that's why I never wanted to kind of, even now I'm saying it, but, <laughs> but like at the, at the time, because now I'm, I'm in a nice place, but it's, it, it, it was so, that was kind of why I'm always so grateful to our fans as well, because they don't even know how much they've saved me and Paul. When we get messages saying how we saved them, like that means the world because they didn't even know what we were going through at that time. So then we came back from Rock and Ring again, sitting in Ireland and just working on these songs still and we're thinking oh my god all that pain it was a few months later again and Paul got a phone call um, from someone at the management I wasn't on the phone call because apparently I don't exist but yeah that's another story (laughs) was basically told oh yeah we're we're just going to drop you we have too many acts that are releasing albums next year and all the best it was like a minute phone call it was very dead like no and Paul had to come in and tell me and I was broke i was i was i was like you know that cry where you're just bellowing and you're just so that i was i thought oh god our career like this is like what and then the next day our agent dropped us because they didn't want to work with us because we didn't have management anymore and it was just a whole thing so basically it was just me and paul again and it was and then paul again being so positive even though he was i know he's hurting as well but he's trying to be happy for me and try and keep me upbeat and he was like no it's fine it's fine we'll we'll get through this we'll everything's great like we nothing has changed he was like we still have these songs we still have this album there was always okay so there was always this elephant in the room as i said of we through all this happening we still didn't fully trust these people it hit a point it was when we got dropped by the major label and they were like, oh, no, we release it. We kind of, really, okay, they don't really care. And I feel like they lost interest when that happened. Me and Paul always kind of knew that. And we always, we never kind of said it out loud, but we both knew it. Because I feel like when you, we were with them, we always didn't want to feel like we were talking behind their back. Because again, we were so respectful. We were always the nice ones. And we were always polite and would never say anything bad. And, and then we thought, wait, um, the time we were dropped and got the rights back, the newer label didn't put a record deal in front of us. We didn't sign anything. Oops. (laughs) So we straight away got a lawyer and we're like, uh, yeah, you, you didn't 
you actually forgot to put a record deal in front of us because that proves the lack of care. And it, and it shows, you know, sometimes I always, when I say this story, I don't want to come across like bitter or oh, this, this. And I'm oh, oh, boo-boo, I played rock and ring. Like, it's, I'm aware of that. I'm so proud. And that was amazing. I know not a lot of people can do that. But it, it shows the lack of care when someone forgets to put a record deal in front of you. Well, very much <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. And yeah. I think... I think when in your, if I was in your position, the, the day the management phoned you and, and let you go, that would have been the biggest fucking sigh of relief to me and my friends if that had happened the other way around. Like, I wish I could have been there to tell you. Like, for your agent to drop you off to your management, right? What the fuck was your agent doing it? Your booking agent doing exactly, anyway, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd That's known so all this at the time because I literally would have given you the pep talk. It's, you've got it all. You've got the fucking record. You don't need this fucking useless management, whoever they fucking were. They yeah. sound fucking dreadful. Yeah. Then the agent who did fuck all for, like, how does the agent, right? How can I book an agent? They make money off you <laughs> touring. And then they're like, oh, do you know what? What the fuck? Are they, are they, is Elon Musk Exactly. What the fuck? Like, they must not have liked money. It just doesn't make sense. I know. I know. I, I, I've like tried to wrap my head around that for You're seven so years. You're so much better off. You're so much better off though. Oh. Yeah, you were just about to say about the lawyers, you got the record back. They um, were like, no, no, we, they signed a deal. They, they have it here. This in New York in an office. I've never been to New York. No, that's incorrect. Like they literally don't like that didn't happen. And they were like, no, no. And this went on for like two years. Out back and forth. No, no. And then at one point the management were like, why do they why do they even want it back? It didn't even sell a lot. Like, why do they even want it back? Oh, like, why do you want to keep it then you why do you want to keep it then you can't? <laughs> exactly. Wow. So so we, it was just like that back and forth and then little comments and then back and forth and no, no, um, was it Joan or something in New York? I don't, never met a Joan. Like, I literally don't know. Joan doesn't exist. Like, we Google Joan. <laughs> yeah, so it was like that back and forth. And then COVID hit. And then this was still kind of going on, but obviously the world like, shut down. So then in, it was 2021, they gave up and were like, yeah, here. <laughs> you didn't sign a record. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yours. They took everything off Spotify, YouTube, and then we re-uploaded it and... They finally kind of admitted, I think COVID, that was a good part of COVID for us because I feel like so much was happening with bands and stuff that they were probably just like, oh my God, go away. <laughs> like, stop yeah. annoying us. And I think they thought probably as well, okay, like Greywind, they can't go on. Like COVID's now happened. That's going to just kill them off completely. But whereas me and Paul are like, oh no, I'm not stopping until people are hearing these new songs. I'm not releasing a single note of music because... When we do, people will go back and listen to Afterthoughts. And I don't want those people who affected my mental health and Paul's mental health and tried to ruin us completely to get a cent of money. Not that it's ever about money, but to those people it is. Hmm. And I, we and Paul are, we're very adamant to that. So, so yeah, that kind of, that happened. And then, then, so then there's more. <laughs> <laughs> then we, during, before COVID, we, got another manager we got the album back and then he was like okay guys let's let's release a new song then so we released our song am i asleep me and paul had had 
visuals for that for years. I always knew, okay, I want the yellow suit. I want that power color. Cause when we come back and people see us for the first time in like five years, it's like, okay, we're back. I'm powerful. I'm bleach blonde. <laughs> like I'm not sad. Well, I am sad, but not as much anymore. The manager at the time, again, just didn't, didn't ask, didn't care what we were doing. It was like, oh yeah, like me and Paul did all that. We sorted it all. It was as if we were just managing ourselves, basically. Late last, oh no, early last year or the year before, he uh, texts us saying he's dropping us because we have we made him no money during COVID. <laughs> what do and these we were, people we expect? <laughs> what I, know, the- I, went, I know, but me and Paul were laughing at that point. That one didn't really hurt. Like, that yeah. was fine, that one. <laughs> You've had the heartbreak already. This one's just uh, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. I was like, yeah, I was like, that guy's just dumb. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, and then it was just kind of off again. It was off again. And, we, and then this time around, it was more like, okay, it was a bit like, oh, God, it's just us again. Like, we're, oh, and he also had told our agent, who we're no longer with anymore as well, to not book us shows. So yeah, that was weird. So there was, there's, like, there's loads of layers. So they like, could talk, I could write a book, like, about things. Then Paul was like, it's fine. You know what? Um, we're we're gonna take over emo TikTok. I've just I've decided. I've just decided. I, I feel like it's time. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> it was Monday on the Wednesday. Paul posted a video of our song. I think it was Car Spin or After Thoughts. I can't remember which one. Had five hundred thousand views, and we were like, what? Oh my god, what? When Paul says something, he's good at manifesting and all that. It's very weird. Sometimes I think he's psychic. <laughs> But yeah, and then we got, that was like the most views we've ever got on something. Oh my God. And then there was people saying, oh my God, how have I not found you? And then a week later, he uploaded Afterthoughts and I got a million views. And we were thinking, oh my God, I bought a gnome. I went out to Tesco and bought a gnome to celebrate. (laughs) 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 Ah, the celebratory gnome. We've all done it. We've all done it. I was like, I I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) I got my gnome. Then uploaded... Uh, our song in autumn what got like 1.8 million on tiktok and then he uploaded it to reels 5.8 million and fred durst is doing fire emojis and i'm buying more more notes I'm, I'm like i don't know what to do <laughs> and it was and then it was as if we got to release the album it was it literally yeah. felt like we had just released our album and we were because to, to the world we're a new band they don't know that we've been around like but and We've and we ha- kind of haven't been active for like six years, so technically we are. So yeah, it was just all crazy. So now that led us to meet our new manager, Casey from the Wonder Years, who's amazing, and he gets it because he's in a band as well. Everything right now is great. I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm scared. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but I super appreciate you being able to share all that with us and everything. And it's so nice to see now that you're finally getting the recognition you deserve for all this and all the hard work is starting to pay off a lot more. Because, yeah, there must be, there's so many juxtapositions within those last six years. And for anyone else, I think it would leave such a sour taste in their mouth that they might want to walk away from music or maybe change the name, start again. But you've really persevered. I mean, you've talked a lot about having like those really dark moments in between the the good times was there ever points where you guys were thinking like maybe we start again maybe we change the name maybe we do something or, or, or different or would two of you just like no we've come too far now we need to stick it out and, and get to this point 
I thought, oh God, I need to quit. But then I knew I wasn't going to quit. Like deep down, I say it when I'm in a, a, you know, when you're in that bad place and you're just like, oh no, the world is over. Like I, everything, everyone hates me, everything. No, and we have no fans. Oh my God, I'm not good. I can't sing. I, I went through like three years of genuinely thinking I couldn't sing. Like I kept saying to Paul, I was like, I, ca- I can't sing. My voice is gone. No, my voice is gone. I can't sing. Like, because I started to believe all of the, like, but I was told previously by management and stuff, oh, you're singing too loud. You, you won't get signed by a publisher. You need to sing quieter. And just all of that. Then I started to believe and I was going through all of previous things that were said to us. And I, but then, and I thought, okay, no, we're, we're done. Like we can't. And Paul was like, Steph, shut up. Like, <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> like, Paul, and he, I always said, if I'm so lucky that I'm in a band with my brother and my best friend and my like hype man, because <laughs> I literally yeah. would, I would, uh, I don't know where I'd be right now if it wasn't for Paul. Like, and, I'm, and again, and our fans, again, they don't realize how much they helped me personally through that happening because that was the worst time of my life, but I wouldn't change a thing. It was the best learning experience of my life. I, I'm so happy that happened because I wouldn't be sitting here right now in the place we are now. I wouldn't have gone to LA last month and done these new songs. It, it, was, it just wasn't the right time. And I, I do believe stuff happens for a reason, even though that was traumatic, but I'm glad it happened. <laughs> well, yeah, my, my, main, my main takeaway from all that and what I got all the way through your story then when you were telling it was... That you you put too much faith in uh, music industry people. Yeah, yeah. When really, when really, it's just about you and the fans. That's fucking it. So yeah, from now on, moving forward. <laughs> fuck. Oh, don't you, 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 this, don't this thing. It's like it's like Creeper last week. It's like I don't know if you saw, but Creeper played a show on the weekend, and Green Day were meant to be playing the Electric Ballroom in London the same night. Green Day um, shit out. They cancelled, didn't they? Yeah. And cancelled, yeah, yeah. Um, they ca- they got scared of playing to a big room like uh, Electric Ballroom and <laughs> pulled out. And then all the music industry people fucking resubmitted their guest list places for Creeper. So Creeper did Stop. a sign. <laughs> Creeper had, because they've got that girl of neither represents um, whatever, I think she's a character or something. Uh, she, yeah, she came out and she read a big thing saying thank you very much to the fickle music industry for resubmitting your last minute guest <laughs> list after Green Day pulled out. It's nice to see oh you again. Oh my God, that's hilarious. But that's exactly how it is. Like you've, the most important people to you are Paul and your fans. And that should yeah. be it. As yeah. long as you're keeping Paul, well, as long as you're keeping yourselves happy, that's the main thing. <laughs> and then yeah. the second, the second biggest thing is fans. Fuck the music industry. Fuck oh, manager. Okay. Like, yeah. I know they can be good. I know they help a lot. But you've been through. You've been through the fucking ringer with fucking terrible managers and booking agents. And it. I am. I'm genuinely, genuinely livid on your behalf. <laughs> like I felt. That's how I felt the past like six years. And but now I'm like, oh my god. Like it, it led me to. I've been to therapy though. It's helped me in my life for even just other like friendships, relationships has helped like that happening. That's why I said it's such a good learning curve because it's changed me as a person. When we started, we were so young and naive and thinking, Oh my God, nothing bad can ever happen. (laughs) Oh, my dreams are coming true. Like I'm living in a Disney movie. Whereas it's like, no life doesn't work that way. And it led me to obviously it affected my mental health horrifically, 
but it's got me now to a place that I feel like even to ban sorrowing out, I feel like I could, I can help. I can hearing if people are listening and hurt and can hear our story and think, Oh my God, they got through that. You can, I feel like I could literally get through anything. Like I said, when that last manager dropped us, I was laughing. Whereas if that had happened like a couple of years before, I would have been crying and been having panic attacks and it would just would have been horrible. But it's, it's, and I'm not saying, Oh, everything's fixed now. I still, suffered like, I'm, not, I'm not like oh everything's fixed I'm not like you know it's the <laughs> of my days like but then I know how to kind of get out of that now I've learned how to cope I guess and and I feel like yeah any like you said Sean of the music industry I just I can't I, I, I can't stand it <laughs> but I'm in it so I have to just endure it but that's the thing as well like you, you say there like so many people just see the highs because that's the only thing we can really talk about with, with things and you don't see everything else you're kind of dealing with and the obstacles you've had to go through uh, in between and as much as the industry is is absolutely full of people sometimes who just trying to make money off of you it's great when you do have a tight-knit community of people and find the right people who want to help i know exactly. casey's been so so supportive with uh with everything it seems like it's been the perfect fit as well and yeah i'm, I'm really excited going forward i'm glad that like this kind of chapters uh that kind of been closed now and you can start kind of fresh and and still having all this um excitement behind you but yeah saying about tiktok i mean geez you guys have become the emo king and queen of of <laughs> just reels and everything like the amount of Americans finding Irish emo <laughs> is is absolutely insane. I keep seeing um, either people like doing those old school reacting videos on YouTube and stuff yeah. and discovering <laughs> you guys. Despite everything you've just mentioned that happened, it must be so wholesome and another world experience to see that that album six years later is getting discovered and you're becoming people's favorite band. That's That's what I'm it felt like we released that album last year. And I feel like we've actually, people actually know who we are now and people are connecting to the songs. Like, like I said, not to bring it up again, but we were told no one's connecting to the song guys. Like is there all the, I, I remember at my show, our first ever headline show, I, my mom only told me this last year because she, she was probably waiting for the right moment. She probably knew she couldn't handle it the past six years. So she, I think it was around Christmas. She's like, okay, let's ruin Christmas. <laughs> she said at our first, that first headline show we played in London, she said one of the management said to her, my dad, yeah, there's only three good songs on Afterthoughts. Oh. My parents, my poor Ooh. parents, my poor parents. And so even my parents have had to like listen to that. And it's just like, so seeing now fans who actually love it and get it and people like the people that actually matter love it means so much and even my mom and dad like my dad's watching those reaction videos every day on youtube <laughs> you know and it's just so nice to have something positive happen when we were surrounded by such toxic negativity it's just so nice seeing like you said seeing tiktok people all these americans who just love it like most of our fan base now are american which is my dream like no offense to everyone else i love everyone <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> i want to i want to tour the world just to confirm because uh, we're deprived of touring so don't worry we will tour every i'll go to antarctica like <laughs> i will <laughs> You literally have six years of touring to make up for. You need you just do every day on the road at this point, I reckon. As soon as you start announcing tours, you're not going to stop. 
I know. I just want to go. Like, I just want to go. Casey, take gas on tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's let's stick with the, with the, the positive side of it and let's embrace it, uh, it all. I mean, yeah, you talk about all those comments. Some of my favorite things I've seen is people say that Grey Wind is the love child of my chem and Blink-182. I've seen people Oof. call you the female Jared Way, the female Adam <laughs> Lazara. We've called you the female Tom DeLong. I mean... You and... Uh, what do you feel like when you see these comments now? Because they're, they're all bands that you love very dearly. So to get those kind yeah. of reactions and comparisons, I'm sure, is just, uh, it's just very wholesome at the same time. It's crazy because it's like, like you said, they're all my favorite bands. I had their posters on my wall. That's the reason Gerard Way is the reason I'm in a band. So I feel like people get it. They get, I feel like for once, the people, the fans can hear it and they can see it. It's like me being over dramatic and doing all those facial expressions and stuff. That's, that, I just do that because Jared Way does it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's our Adam Mazzara, like swinging his mic and stuff. I'm still practicing my mic swing. Like I'm trying. <laughs> it's like, I grew, that's what I grew up on. And I used to go to all those shows. I remember following Taking Back Sunday around England, like when I was like 15. <laughs> Like, I literally followed around on tour and was, was queuing up outside. I was that weird girl that just would queue all day <laughs> to see them. And it was just, that's what I, I know. That's what I grew up loving. And I know then seeing fans say that about us means so much to us. And that's why we'll always reply to people on, online and messages and stuff. Because I, I used to be on MySpace messaging bands. And when they reply, I know what it would feel like. But when they replied, that would make my whole year. Like I talk, I still talk about it. Like so, so I know, I know what it feels like. And seeing even people getting tattoos and stuff, it's just. I feel like we, like a girl in America, got we swore our lyric across her forearm in massive writing. My dad wow. was so annoyed. He was like, "She got a." but it's like people genuinely care and it's we've had an experience that so it's just so we're so grateful and we're just so every day i'm just like oh my god when i wake up and just read the comments and like paul is the best social media people think we have a social media manager it's just paul (laughs) he's just so good at that and he he loves it like because i feel like for him finally is all getting to promote our band. It feels, I feel like that's why I know people, a lot of people criticize TikTok and stuff, but I feel like it is the best way. If you're in a band, you can be put in front of people. If you just keep uploading. I mean, we were uploading on TikTok for like a year before we first went viral, but we were just, we didn't say this is what an Irish emo rock band sounds like. We just didn't find our, our people yet. So just, yeah. Basically, the moral of the stories keep going in life. Mm. <laughs> yes, very much so. Very much. So. I wonder if you've got like a massive fan base in like Boston, because that's like a very Irishy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I think we do. I know that all the Irish people live there. So like, yeah. I relate. My grandma is Irish. <laughs> Yeah, so in and like Chicago and stuff. So yeah, I think New York and stuff. So I like we have all the stats and places and that I, I just cannot wait till when we go to America and even even England again. Like we were long overdue and we may have something coming up very soon. I'm just gonna oh, I won't say too much, but very soon we'll be announcing something for the UK people. So Oh yes. nice. <laughs> nice. So I can't yes. can't wait for that. When you mentioned recording with Jason Perry in Texas, was it uh, Sonic Ranch? Yes, yes, Sonic Ranch. Yeah. You were there, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you um? Did you meet Tony, the guy who owned it? Tony, <laughs> yeah, Tony. Oh, oh my god, Tony! He looked like a character out of Kill Bill, and I love it so much. <laughs> like, Every day he would be wearing like four different outfits, right? So he'd have like he had a child's hat on, right, with the um, <laughs> little spinning thing on top, right, and then he had like a dress. He had like a suit jacket on. But then it'd be like a vest underneath, then shorts. And you're like, bro, what, what do you go? What's, what's this? What's going <laughs> what on? Did he, um, did he, did he bring any of his guns? Yeah, we did shoot guns. And <laughs> everyone, everyone around me was like, Steph, no, there's a video of me shooting. They're like, Steph, no. Cause I did, I, it was like to push back a bit. I was too small. It, it was a whole thing. And then everyone was just running. I was like, put the gun down, put the gun down. <laughs> but yeah, it, was, it was the whole thing. But yeah, I just, it, it scared me a lot. But it was good. And the T-Hawks, you know, the tarantula hawks. Did you see them? Those, those yeah, things. Yeah. Oh, God. Those. Jason waited till we were in the airport in America, getting a, a connecting flight to Texas to tell me about those. Because he knew I, she, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone if I knew those were there. <laughs> yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. It's lovely there. But yeah, Tony's fucking mental. And He's, yeah, that yeah. powerful handgun, the big powerful <laughs> handgun. I nearly hit myself in the face with it. I think there's a video footage of Alid from Kids in Glass Houses actually hit himself in the face with oh, it. Why isn't the singer is always just like candle? <laughs> weak arms. We've all got weak arms. That's what it is. From not carrying. It's from never yeah. carrying anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah <sure. laughs> Also, no offense to you guys, but who's trusting you lot with guns? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy Tony, crazy, crazy Tony, Tony. And, <laughs> and his quarter of an arsenal. When we were there, he br- he brought like twenty guns with him, and then he was like, "Oh, I was like, oh, is that everything you own, Tony?" He was like, "It's not even a quarter of my arsenal." I was like, "I was like, you've got number one. You've described it as an arsenal." <laughs> number two, yeah. you don't have enough hands. <laughs> Oh, he's definitely killed people. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'm sure, he di- I'm sure he told us that he bought one of the guns off a drug dealer to stop his girlfriend getting killed by the drug dealer. 
I've said too much. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Wait, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I know Tony listens every week, so sorry about that, Tony. Sorry if I've outdid it. Jason so. Perry in his mad recording experiences, oh, no. right? I oh, mean, no. wow, wow. I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> honestly. But no, I mean, you mentioned there about... Um, about just all those kind of just reactions and everything. Is there any what is there anything in particular or anyone who's reached out that's really just blown you away? You said about Fred Durst. Is there being anyone that's just or anything you've seen that's really this um, made everything really worthwhile? Um, I, do you know Anthony Green from Circus of Life and Ellis Dunes? He he reached out. And he followed us, and I'm like there like he's literally one of my idols people i remember growing up would say oh my god you sound like anthony green my mom thought i was singing once when it was anthony green when i was playing circus i was like how is that i was like how when how would that possibly be me i'm not in a band i don't how would that music be around me so um, but yeah anthony green and he sent really lovely messages and he's been so nice and that's like i remember seeing circus of vibe and in Manchester when I was like 14 and it was still one of the best shows I've ever been to so to now be in my own band and to have one of your idols reach out to you that's just so cool it's just really cool so that that's very special and I'm trying to think who else I don't even know just anyone that compares me to Jared Way I love <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Anthony's shown Frank oh uh, I would collapse I'd start crying again like in a good way <laughs> I'd love that. Like micro comments, they like I said earlier, they're the reason I'm in a band. They're I would like I remember meeting Mikey Way actually at when we played Leeds Festival and I couldn't speak. I had to get our guitarist to introduce me and say, Can I get a picture? Because I couldn't speak. I was so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so I it's yeah, it's the whole thing. So Gerard, if you're listening, we have a song that we want you to be on. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's make that happen. Put yes. it in smash it. Put it out there. Let's put it oh, out there. Yes. Jared, if you're listening, I've got a podcast I'd like you to do. <laughs> exactly. Let's get a two fat. Yeah. Leah, yeah. let's get a two. If, 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 he's, if he's on the podcast, can I just like join for just five minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? His brother wants it to happen. Mikey has said he wants that to happen, oh. but I don't know why. I don't like, yeah, but, but who fucking knows? But on that, on that same vein, you said about the big influence of just the like aesthetics and kind of changing up styles and the uh, uh, facial expressions and, and everything like that. How much preparation do you go into when maybe doing a video or writing songs, do you think about the exterior of it all, not just kind of sonically, but everything else that will come with it eventually? Yeah. Well, so usually how we write is Paul will basically write like a rough draft of a song and then on acoustic guitar he'll bring it to me we'll get our voice memos out on the iphone and then we'll just work on it together and we'll add lyrics and add more melodies and i'll just start singing loud and <laughs> just coming up with extra little bits and and yeah even when we're writing a song we always the like, visuals are so important to us and artwork and i because that's that's what i love seeing like like you said like michael romance growing up seeing that i love that whole their aesthetic and the music videos and it's not just it's more the music you're like you're investing into something bigger than that and i love that and so that's the type of band i always wanted to be in and even like i remember when we were writing our song car spin we we always said like this this song needs to be in, we need to go to la in like the night 
sky with the city lights and all this. And we were like, I don't know how we're getting to LA, but we, were, we, we got there. We, we paid for ourselves. The label at the time didn't pay. So, <laughs> but so we, so we always have believed in our vision. And even like I said, with Am I Asleep, I knew I wanted that yellow suit, like Kill Bill, power, like powerful woman. I wanted that. And, and even when I bleached my hair, that was when we were actually going through all of that. And I don't know, was that out of, going being sad or whatever but i'm so glad i did like it's my hair dead but i love it so sean you probably know about bleaching hair so. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> i gotta get mine done very soon yeah i'm um, yeah. yeah i look fucking wild at the moment it's, it looks like sh- crazy highlights well when they announced their comeback that was the big question everyone was well i i got dms people going is he gonna dye his hair and i was like what are you asking me for what's wrong with people oh. yeah literally i saw videos from from us a download. So basically, the Blackout played download on a Friday. On a Monday, we did um, our first like show in eight years in our hometown in Merthyr. It was a small show. I had brown hair of that. On the Wednesday, I thought, oh, I'll dye it blonde and have it, f- for, have it blonde for download on Friday. Yeah. Nice little touch. Nobody will give a fuck. <laughs> and then dyed it blonde. I seen about three videos of people going, oh my God, he's blonde. And I was like, <laughs> it doesn't, it's not a superpower. Like, I, it's just, I've got a shiny head. It is a thing. They say when you dye your hair blonde, like it does make a difference. I don't know what it is. It's a power move. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently. So I've, I've got to fucking dye it again now before February. <laughs> You should, you should. <laughs> so what you're both saying is I need to dye my hair blonde. Is that is Basically, that yes. Yeah, yeah, you can have, we need a to look like, have a We should look like triplets or something. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I think I think I look like the odd one out, to be fair. But I, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But that's like the beard. Like, like, oh, it's the whole thing. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're digressing here. We're digressing. We're digressing. With, um, with these new songs, I know you said some of them you've worked on since God knows when. Is it a mixture of things and ideas you've had in the bag and sitting on and fresh perspectives on stuff? I mean, how have you gone into um, gone into LA and just kind of on the music? So we had, so like I said, some of these songs, all of these songs were written before even Ashfels was out. So all of that was just, a lot of them haven't changed, like lyrically maybe a little bit, but they're like, and obviously working with Sam and Casey, they've obviously given their producer heads on it. And it's it's just been so good to kind of express even like more of the bands that we love, like our new song Antidote, that's us like saying, okay, there's a little nod to Blink-182, that pop punk world, which we've never dived into before, but it's something we've wanted to, but it wouldn't have fit with Afterthought because that, that's a like a alternative kind of emo album. So it's so nice to be able to lean into those types of bands that we love. And then we obviously have the classic Grey Wind sound and in our other songs. And then we're going to lean into more of Michael McCrans, more Fall Out Boy, more, and I'm doing stuff with my voice that I've been too scared to do before. And it's just, it's really fun. I just love this experience. Cause like I said before, I felt so much pressure. So it was so nice to go into a studio and be confident and be excited and, so yeah, these basically to answer your questions that are gonna have a massive rant. <laughs> these uh so yeah, these songs, me and Paul literally will just sit in our living room and just have the acoustic guitar and just go through sing through them. And we can me and Paul are weird. I don't know, does anyone else do this? Well, we can just hear how it sounds. I because we can't practice with the full band a lot, <laughs> obviously. 
though, but we could just hear it. We just, I don't know, it's really weird. And we do harmonies. We, we don't use garage band. We do harmonies through the voice memo. Like we'll record at wow. once. I get my phone then, press record. Paul adds lead guitar and I'll sing some harmonies. And then we record it back into the one phone. That it's, all, it's, it's so weird, but it's, it works. It works for us. And I feel like if, if the song sounds good in the worst possible form, mm, then yeah. it, it, you know. Well, a good song, yeah, a good song should work acoustically. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, if you start it acoustically, it, you know, it obviously has the foundations to go on to be, um, a fantastic bigger song. But then you, you mentioned then, like, um, it's difficult to get in to do rehearsals with a full band and stuff. So w- what is the, what does Grey Wind have to do? To, so, so say now we've got a gig, you've got a gig booked next week, right? <laughs> Sean's booked you a gig. Yay, finally. <laughs> I've been your agent for about 50 minutes now, right? I've already got you a gig, right? We got a gig next week. What's the next, all right, how do we sort that out? What's the next step in the, in the Grey Wind situation? We'll text our, our session musicians. We have uh, okay. we have a bunch of different ones. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. if you see us, there could have been two other people there or three other people there, and then there could be two other random people. We have like a little roster of people because sometimes people have normal jobs and families and stuff, so you kind of have to have multiple people. But yeah, so we just fly, we it's usually me and Paul fly over to London rehearsal room or wherever. And before it was Eastbourne for a while because our lead guitarist at the time he was down in Eastbourne. So, and we just rehearse and then thrown into the show. Cause I feel like we're so used to the high pressure situations. Like it, we do like one or two days, three days max. I think three days is the most we've ever got to rehearse. Stuck in a row. <laughs> so it's, yeah. So I can't wait to tour. So then we can feel like we've actually practiced. <laughs> I'm yeah. so yeah. sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, so we have, we always have a constant joke with everyone about the come to Brazil memes, but with you, it's just come any, like just go just somewhere. Go just do, yeah, just do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For now on, all the, all the comments are, do something! <laughs> do something! <laughs> like, just stop, like, please. A gig, anywhere, please, record it, Don't send worry. it to us. Don't worry, next year, I promise. I promise from my heart, my heart, like, I don't lie. I, I keep my promises. Everything's good, we have good, we have an agent now who's good. Well, don't worry, <laughs> everything's good. <laughs> and anyone listening as well, fans can help. If you want us to play with someone, Tell the band because that does really help. Because sometimes having an agent and a management that's still not enough. It isn't. You have to ba- make bands aware of you. And you have to be- make friends and stuff. But I'm in Ireland. It's hard to make friends. <laughs> I have like two friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, word, word of mouth is definitely the biggest biggest help in in the industry. One hundred percent. And it's just we're just super excited for you and just to see that now that. You were in this place and even to say that you're trying different things in the studio and you're trying different things in your voice and to think you're at that mindset now where you were just telling us a few years ago, you were worried that you couldn't even sing is beautiful. Yeah. And it's just, it's just nice Thank that you. you've got this team around you. You're all in a good place. And yeah, we're just really excited to, to, to see what's next with their all. Um, is, is there a, is there a big plan at the moment with more music or are you just kind of taking it one step at a time? No, there's a plan. There's a plan. Don't worry. Like I said earlier, it's not going to be one song and then we'll disappear. It's, we have other songs. 
It's not recorded. No, they're recorded. It's two songs. They're yeah. done. It's two songs and then disappear. <laughs> no, there's more. There's more than two songs. I can promise you that. <laughs> with it being that kind of sibling energy with the band as well, you said there that the two of you can just like hear everything before it's even before it was written. Do you think um, it would just be completely different being in the band with anyone else that wasn't Paul? Do you think you two have just that connection is just yeah. what makes Grey Wind Grey Wind? And that if you guys just went off and did your own separate project, it just would be the same. Yeah, no, I could. I actually couldn't imagine. Like I, Paul is like the hardest working person I know in life. Like I've never seen anything like it. He just doesn't stop. He barely sleeps. Like, I'll get up in the night to go down and get a glass of water and his light's on and he's just posting TikToks or he's making TikToks or he's doing something to do with Grey Wind. Like, he just doesn't stop. And it's so, I'm so lucky to have that. And even just as a brother and as a best friend, like, he's just so good. He's just so good. And a lot of people can't say that about siblings. Like, when we fight, it's about the dumbest things. Like, it's, the, it's not about ever about Grey Wind. Like, we've never, always when it comes to music, we, I always feel like we have the same brain when it comes to that because we just love the same bands. We love the same movies. So like references and stuff of like, even like the, like I was on about the aesthetic earlier, we're always on the same page when it comes to that. And for that, I'm so lucky. So I could not imagine anyone else in the world. Ne- watch us break up next year. Yeah, I hate my brother, says Steph O'Sullivan. <laughs> massive, yeah, massive news article next year from the Quran. <laughs> when, you, when you said about city thing, well, when you do argue, what are the city things you argue about? Oh, I don't know. Like, I, I actually can't, it rarely happens. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm actually trying to think. Like, it's like, oh, you, you took that last biscuit in the cupboard like literally oh, okay. that like you know, when i say stuff, silly yeah. i mean oh well to be fair that is very intense like, yeah it is yeah <laughs> or like or oh you saw my lucas eight sport out of the fridge i was thirsty <laughs> like it's dumbest it's just stupid like it's stupid but it's fine at least if it was like oh i hate that i've never had a reaction where i'm like he brings a song to me and i'm like oh my god i hate that i've always thank god always loved everything he ever shows me and if i show something i always get nervous to show paul stuff because he's i always feel like he's so good that i get scared to like bring ideas but i've got better in it and paul's like just show me <laughs> it's fine <laughs> so yeah <laughs> well yeah what's the the worst you can say is no like it's not exactly he's not gonna be like do you know what i disown you <laughs> <laughs> he might we don't know <laughs> how bad yeah how bad would an idea have to be right for you, you just like, oh, Paul, I've had this, I've had this thing for a chorus. I just want to go for a big, like, ah, oh, sound. And he goes, that's it. We're no longer family. Not even, <laughs> not even. I can't even be in a band with you. Like, that's it. Like, done. We're done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know you. <laughs> Disowned. Change your name. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Bunkers, but yeah, this has been a fantastic chat. Very, very insightful. I think a lot of people are going to um, enjoy this for the the ups and downs and ultimately the positive end that we're um, currently facing and we'll, and yeah, we're all going to enjoy watching you grow as we have been doing so far. So yeah, very, very excited for what comes next for you. And um, yeah, Thank we you. can't wait. Yeah, no, Thank you so honestly. much. Well, be- before you go, uh, one thing I did want to bring up very quickly, um, and I think, you know, no one else is going to care about this, but it's just something I want to know. Um, we've got a lot of similarities, me and Steph, right? 
we're all our favorite bands are the same. Taking Back Sunday, Jimmy Eat World, My Chemical Romance, yeah. right? We love a little Instagram posts every now and again. But the biggest thing is we're both massive Man United fans. So my question exactly. to you is, how much does that help being extremely emo? Because it helps me that, a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that helps. I will add the moment. Yeah, the moment Man United is so bad. But we won the other day, so it's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I love it because it's a nice escape as well. I've always loved Man United. Like my dad literally has a Man United tattoo. Like I was born into it. Like, and his dad, my granddad loved Man United. So it's like a whole thing. And yeah, it's such a good escape as well. I know sometimes people are like, Oh, I don't sports when you're a music fan, but it's so good. It's so fun. I just, I, I went over to Old Trafford earlier this year. Paul actually surprised me because I was sad. So <laughs> again, isn't he so good? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we went over to Old Trafford and I was, oh my God, I was screeching. Like, I'm so sorry if anyone ever sees me at a Man United match because it's bad. Like, I I saw Harry Maguire score an own goal in front of my eyes. It was a whole thing. I was yeah. screaming. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah sorry. Don't get me started on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's one guest we will never have on this podcast. Yeah, but sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know anything about football. I know Harry Maguire is not very good. <laughs> Sorry, Harry, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I know he's no Steve Bruce or Gary Pallister. I know that much. <laughs> hey, there we are. There's the references. <laughs> My references are 1994 to 1996. And that's it. <laughs> I can name your whole team. I'll name your whole team. But yeah. I wa- I, my, fir- my first crush was David Beckham. I had a, a Mrs. Beckham uh, jersey. And then Ronaldo came. I had the Mrs. Ronaldo shirt. Oh. It was a whole thing. Uh, that wow. was my face and then I and then I discovered my account for romance and became very emo and <laughs> I was like ashamed yeah, uh, yeah Mrs. Wait, I was ashamed of the, the jerseys for a while like I, I was like oh, I was secretly like a Mennonite fan <laughs> during my emo thing it was all thing it was teenagers are weird <laughs> yeah if yeah. there's any sort of My Chemical Romance Manchester United collaboration in the future you are the oh, poster person I'm for all, it really I'm just all over that I'm all over that <laughs> Well, there we are. I just wanted, I just wanted to sh- shoehorn that in a little bit, but no, Steph, I, I honestly. Love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for being so open and honest with us. Yeah, as I said, we've wanted to do this Thank for a long you. time. It's so nice that you're at this stage now and we're so excited about what's next. Yes, thank you so much. I've been so excited to finally do this. So thank you for having me. Uh, reminders going forward. Fuck the industry. Don't give a fuck what any of those cunts think, right? Yes. Or say. Even even music reviews, right? Magazine reviews. They can fucking they can literally love you one minute and fucking hate you the next, right? It does the, none of their opinion fucking matters. It's people who like your band. Let's keep exactly. that fucking in mind going forward. Yay. I love that. Don't forget us when you fucking when you've got Paramore supporting you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm here and we'll 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 have like we'll have some We'll buy a gnome together or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Smashing celebration norms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Fantastico! Yes, that was the mighty Steph. Oh, mighty! She's massive. She's mighty. She's a big warrior. But that's inside she is. She's fucking fantastic. The fact that they've got through everything they've fucking been through is fucking fantastic. So thank you very much to Steph O'Sullivan from Greywind. 
This was a riveting, interesting, emotional roller coaster of a ride. Everything they've been through, I'm so glad they've stuck with it. And yes, Antidote's a ripper, and I cannot wait for more. Yeah, I'm literally so, so excited. I didn't realize half the stuff they have to go through. I think they've bottled this up for so long, and they've done yep. so well not to just kind of get fed. I think a lot of people in their situation would have just had a rant online about it all um, and the fact that they've kept it completely to themselves and just had their head down, worked on new stuff, shows a lot about their character. And I really appreciate the fact that Steph finds herself comfortable enough with the two of us to finally talk about everything. Um, I consider her and Paul kind of old school online friends back in my radio days. I did a bunch of interviews with them at festivals and stuff around the, the release of Afterthoughts and um, kept in touch ever since. So it's just nice that they're kind of in this place now and yeah, hopefully touring like fucking crazy in 2024. So I yes. desperately want to get them to a show um, to see them and, and see what all this new music is about. Yes, cannot wait. Great live show, fantastic social media presence. Well done to them for everything they've done so far. Cannot wait to keep watching their steady success. Yeah, yeah. And shout out to uh, Casey of the Wonder Years for sorting this out as well. I got to see um, his band over here in the UK uh, last week and had a really nice sing-along with some of our patrons. Uh, also, I've been to two other gigs this week, right? And um, random things that happened. I went to see Holden Absence in Cardiff. And as I was going in, got stopped by this woman. She told oh, me right. that she was Lucas's mother. Oh, nice. <laughs> and just wanted hey! to... Uh, a lot of people at the Old in Absence gigs is Lucas's mother. What? That doesn't mean carry on. Sorry about it. Yeah, I, I was caught in Wayne's world. Uh, she was saying how much she enjoys him on the podcast, which I thought was uh, which, <laughs> a funny laugh. And I've, um, I'm actually recording this right now in Nottingham because uh, I've been to see McFly. I am in the house of two of our beloved patrons, uh, Mitch and Emily. Do they know? Uh, about to find out like there's pictures of them on the wall right here so it's weird that I'm looking at them while I'm talking really in it but uh, anyway yeah, I, I went to McFly a really really nice time but on the on the Instagram there's some photos that are teasing something that's happened uh, but just to give you a little insight into how good my night was during this set there's a song McFly have called Red where Danny goes into the crowd so while that was happening he passed me stopped his walk grabbed me and gave me a massive hug which was Aww, just like the nicest thing. Look at that. Look at Everyone that. else around me was like, who the fuck is this guy? If Danny's stopping yeah. to dug him. Nobody. Nobody. But I'm just happy it happened. Ah, look at that. Oh, so for two weeks now, right? Last week we had Dal Plumbo from Glassjaw, right? Which is one of the three biggest influences, I suppose, in my life. Yeah. This weekend, you get fucking hugged by Danny from McFly. Oh, <laughs> McFly were the first band you got into. Mm-hmm. It's fucking coming full circle. We're going to have to knock this podcast on the head now. Perhaps fucking, yeah. End of the year, fuck it. We'll knock it on the head. We've done it, man. We've nearly completed it. So Fucking five years and finally getting the recognition from people. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing is, ever since I met Danny from day one, he has been fucking absolutely class. All of McFly have. They're all fucking super top chaps. Whether you like their music or not, they're fucking lovely, lovely dudes who just love music. And I love them. Yes, exactly. And just to tease something, we have something else uh, going to be coming to this very podcast with them very, very soon. So make sure you are subscribed wherever 
you download your podcast from. Before we go any further, we should just say a massive thank you to our wonderful Patreon community, as always. This last week has been so wholesome with the fifth anniversary. Loads of them have met up at different gigs and just ex- the experiences they're sharing with each other. The fact that I can be at two of their houses right now recording this. Big two of their houses? Just, well, it's, You're in it's two houses? One, it's, what, it's two of them in one, I guess. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah they're not that, that rich. That they're not that rich. Like, I don't know. I didn't I'm not looking at their financial records right now. But I, anyway. Well, have a look. Have a look. Whether <laughs> we can find out if they can afford it. <laughs> and I get here. Come on, have a look. Oh, at the very least, if you find the financial records and they can't afford anything else, you've got to fucking take something off that wall. So it's the very least. <laughs> What's the right. other I could have? What do I like us on our wall? I can't really see, but yeah, bring me back something nice. <laughs> Fair enough. If you edit the description of this episode, there's loads of names on our Patreon that we thank. But as always, Sean is going to give them a hoosive shout out to the elite members of our Satman Podcast Patreon community. Yes, if you would like us to come to your house and steal things, check out patreon.com for slash Sapnin. But thank you very much to the following people. Thank you very much, Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Mayumi, Janelle Castan, Paul Hirschfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Dilly Califagilistic XB, Ali Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, who's house you're in, thank you very much, Kelly Ewan, Emma Barber, Molly Malloy and James Bowerbank, Amy Louise, Kat Besson, Alexandra Pemberton, Jonathan Gutierrez, Jenny Robertson, Amy Dawson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Caroline Robson, Stephen Aston, Kate Puttock, Jenny Munster, Louis Cook, Carl Pendlebury, James McNaught, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Martina McManus, Danny Eaton, Craig Harris, Sean Foynes, Emma Evans-Roberts, Ollie Ainsbury, Emily Perry, who's out here in right now, Adam King of the Goss Parcelow, Kalila Keane, Josh, I have a terrible fear of tsunamis, it comes in waves crisp. Thank you very much, Vicky, Cal David-Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins. Thank you very much to everyone who's part of our Patreon, genuinely genuinely it means the world to us if you're listening to this and thinking sean you sound slightly underwater it's because since friday i've been dying of some sort of cold and or flu it's not the vid i've had a check but it has been a fucking nightmare this is the first time i felt like a bit like myself since friday so yes good times also thank you very much to anybody who came to see me dj in york traveled all the way up to york uh it took me forever but we had a great time here. So thank you very much. Happy days. Happy days everywhere. Well, well apart from the illness, I hope that clears up. Oh, right really on. Happy right days. Like you the fucking DJ prick. Happy days. Yeah, happy days. Sean's nearly dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking right on. Right emo podcast. That's the emo feeling you need. No? Okay, anyway. Uh, this has been another great chat. It's been a fantastic week. Thank you, everyone involved. Um, we'll be back next you. Friday and every damn week for forever. Maybe, I don't know, I'm rambling. Just keep coming back and listening to the podcast because it fucking helps. And go and buy that new merch. It's going to be off sale December 4th. So if you've listened to it before then, go and fucking buy it, please. Help the boys out, man. Ah. Yeah. Also, the blackout has an announcement Monday, I believe, <clears throat> and then potentially Wednesday. <clears throat> so if you give a shit about the blackout, keep an eye on the socials. Also, check out my band Raiders, who exist as well. At Raiders Band UK on social media, Raiders UK on Spotify and stuff like that. Give it a check out. Thank you very much. That's me. Plug in everything I do. Something! Something! That pause was perfect then. (laughs) 
You're listening to Sabling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.